Now it is time for our legal advice slot. We're joined by William Cahar from Cahar & Co. Solicitors. William, good morning to you. Morning, Alan. Uh, it's a, a tough one to talk about, but um, unfortunately it does happen in life. Uh, some marriages just don't end well and uh, divorce uh, is the only solution. So yeah. um, in terms of queries that uh, you received uh, since the last time we spoke about this topic. Yes, yeah, I suppose... After the last time I was on, there was a number of queries, and I suppose they're what we might actually, what I might actually consider the relatively simple ones. But there, I suppose, there are people who've been separated for years and they've never gone about finalising it. And um, so it's like, really, why do I need to bother? Should I bother doing it? We're both perfectly happy we've separated for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, why is there a need to go and revisit these things? And those questions really came up, I suppose, in the context of probably older people looking at doing wills, they're now cohabiting with other people, uh, they're in new relationships and I suppose just really tidying up your affairs. And, and that and that's an important factor, isn't it? If yes. you have moved on and you're with someone else uh, you do need to tidy up affairs from the previous marriage before being able to, I suppose... Uh, you know, tr- pers- wholly pursue the next one and ha- have all the yes. legal entitlements involved in that one that you would have had in the previous marriage. That's it, yeah. And look, we've had some tragic situations in the in in our office whereby uh, people have people have died while in a long and committed relationship, but they are actually previously married and um, their previous spouse still has rights. And unfortunately, their new partner can miss out as a result of those rights and as a result of people just as was look not having gone back to revisit or to tidy up some people sometimes people don't want to go and do that um, sometimes it can be difficult to go, and, to go and do that but I suppose it is becoming necessary now that second and third and fourth relationships are becoming a lot more common and um, familiar in society so it is necessary to tidy up and just make sure that everything is in order Okay, um, let's put some scenarios to you. So, uh, say a person has been separated from their husband for over 20 years. They never signed any papers or or went to court and uh, they think they're in the same position as someone who's legally separated. So, why would they bother getting legally separated at this stage? Well, I suppose one of the first things is property because your spouse is automatically entitled to a share of your property. Um, If you're in a new relationship, your new partner won't be able to become entitled to a share in that property. And then pensions. Pensions are an extremely complicated area, but I suppose the majority of people now have pensions and certainly later on this year when it becomes compulsory that people are going to have pensions. So your spouse automatically has an entitlement to your pension. So the only way you can deal with that is by going to court and uh, getting a pension adjustment order, which is either through a legal separation or through a divorce. I mean, now that divorce is only two years, everybody's just going for divorce. Legal separations generally aren't necessary unless people are just trying to long finger a divorce for a certain purpose. Okay, uh, what about those who may be once bitten, twice shy? Uh, I'll get into another relationship, but I'll be damned if I'm walking up that aisle again. I'm not getting remarried. So why would I bother getting legally separated or divorced? Well, again, it just comes back to the situation that if something were to happen to you and if you want your current partner to be taken care of, Hmm. um, well, then you are in difficulties because your previous spouse, if you are still legally married, have have a one third entitlement to your estate, even if you've made a will. You can't leave a spouse out of a will. So they are entitled to a one-third share of your estate. So automatically you're doing a disservice to your new partner by not tidying up your previous affairs. And generally speaking, what we find is when people go back to revisit this, 
their other half effectively wants to tidy it up as well. So generally speaking, um, you'll find that these things can be very simple. They're not that expensive. An awful lot of the time you wouldn't need a barrister at all. An experienced solicitor will be able to go off and do the circuit court proceedings themselves um, on your behalf. Because both parties want to separate. They've been long separated. Generally speaking, in these scenarios, there's no children involved or the children are all grown up. So therefore, an awful lot of the other complications that might arise in divorce scenarios don't in in situations where people have long since been separated. Okay, interesting to hear that because I did wonder in a situation where a person has moved on and uh, has a new partner but they haven't married and then for whatever reason they pass away, whether there would still be that element of hurt from the previous relationship and whether the, the, the first husband or wife would try and, uh, you know, say, well, I'm taking what's legally mine. But you find that actually nobody really wants to get into all of that. No, I'm saying that if they're divorcing, people mm. don't want to get into that because they've all moved on and left it behind. But in the case of in the case of death where somebody gets a letter to say, by the way, you're entitled to, that generally speaking, that's an entirely different situation. Okay, they, they, will, they will want what's theirs. Yes. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, well. <laughs> okay, so maybe just spell out the difference between being divorced and being legally separated. How is there a, is there a chasm of difference between the two? There's not, but I suppose legally separated was something that really came to prevalence in the 90s when we when we didn't have divorce, or then when we did have divorce and it would take over five years until you could get divorced. Yeah. So therefore people could go and get, get a legal separation, which gave them which which meant that they could renounce all of those rights that their that their spouse might otherwise have through marriage. Um, it's not as relevant anymore now. The people can go for divorce, and you'll get your divorce within two years of separating. So, so by and large, it's disappearing. But sometimes there is a need to get a legal separation into place quickly, and people can't wait for that two years. So there is that option there, and the the, the law does facilitate it. Okay. Uh, what about a situation where someone feels that? Um, they, their behaviour was less than stellar during a, a marriage and they feel immense guilt about it and uh, even though the marriage has broken down and is done and dusted they don't want to, to look for anything from their spouse in the separation but, uh, but, what, uh, does, that make, does that make the divorce easier then almost? It does, but I suppose a lot of the time on, from a solicitor's point of view you really need to make sure that your client understands all of that because there's a difference between emotional and I suppose stability and financial stability um, you know and a lot of the time I mean people can't just afford to walk away they won't be able to afford to rehouse themselves we're in the middle of a housing crisis if somebody's not leaving with anything well then it can be very difficult for them to, re- to, to try and restart or to try and get another start in life and I suppose ultimately look the process of divorce is to try and separate where two be- or, sorry where one becomes two um, so therefore it is, it, you do need a very serious conversation with a solicitor if you're thinking about that and not necessarily from the point of view of disrupting it but just from the point of view of making sure that somebody fully understands what they're at because the problem is if, if they do something like that in haste they might decide that they're going to come back and challenge it in a few years' time. So both parties want to make sure that when they're when they're divorcing, that it is full and final, and that there's no chance of things being revisited or even just being rechallenged in the future. Okay, you may be feeling really guilty, but keep your head screwed on because you need a roof over your head. Ultimately, when all is yes, said and done. Yeah. Okay, uh, what about a per- in a situation, William, where a person has a personal pension? Uh, d- does that form part of the assets of the marriage? Or does that come into play? Yes, it does. And very often it's something that people overlook or people forget about. So very often you could have a couple where one might be, um, one might be a public servant or a civil servant. And I suppose they're not really thinking about their pension in monetary terms, but certainly in, in, the, in the case of a divorce, um, any solicitor is going to probably get a, uh, an actuarial 
pension uh, experts involved just purely from the point of view of valuing that pension and what is yeah. the value in the pension and it does form part of all of the assets that are up for division okay. within a divorce and a lot of the time people are very surprised at that but just because it's a public pension doesn't mean that a value can't be put on it the exact same way that there's a value on a private pension. Okay, is there anything else just before we finish that people need to be aware of uh, when it comes to divorce and separation? Um, yeah, I suppose one of the other scenarios that ironically is now coming up an awful lot is how do I actually get my spouse out of the house? Um, So they both decided they're separating but unfortunately the the other one of the parties has nowhere else to go because we are in a housing crisis. Um, And imagine how awkward that is. You know, having staggered times leaving the house or going into the kitchen or... (laughs) Yeah, no, and look, and and, and emotions are running high and it can cause real difficulties and I suppose it causes real difficulties with people applying maybe unnecessarily for safety and protection orders just from scenarios that they're that they're just caught in in life where ordinarily people would move on mm. but now they can't and I suppose in those scenarios really I'd encourage people look you need to get your divorce proceedings your separation proceedings moving as quickly as possible because that is the only way that you can get somebody out of out of the house if the both of you own the house both of you have a full legal entitlement to live in the house you mentioned, William, that you got quite a few queries uh, after the last time you discussed divorce with us here on Morning Focus. Uh, I, I wonder, as we get closer to the 8th of March and the two referenda that are taking place, of course, um, uh, one on, on family, whether you've already begun to uh, get a lot of queries in relation to that and the particular issue of divorce and separation, or do you expect it in the coming weeks? No, no, not in relation to these referendums, but I suppose the funniest thing I do find is people starting to ask, what exactly are they about and what does the word durable mean? So I think we're going to have an awful lot of I'm going to say fun, I know it's a very serious issue but I mean there's going to be an awful lot of fun with regards to um, exactly what do the changes mean because I really haven't seen anything that even the the politicians or anybody moving this I don't think anybody is really aware of what they're doing and what the future ramifications can be so I think there's an awful lot of reading by all of us to be done with regards to what's coming forward yeah, I think there's a concern out there at government level that there'll be a low turnout for these two referendums because people just don't really know what they're about yeah, at yeah, the yeah, moment. No, no, that is it. Serious I information like, yeah. campaign that has to happen. Yeah, like like the quicker the referendum um, group get get the booklets out that people can actually see what are the issues, um, the better, I think, because I think the, the media are just going to have an awful lot of fun with it. There, there's going to be a huge amount of coverage that can be given to it. Especially now, we're <laughs> five, six weeks away from it. Um, just before I let you go, a query from a listener, William says, Hi, Alan. Uh, love the show. My spouse who lives in the UK has applied for a divorce in the Irish court after 16 years of separation. I live in Ireland. The statements received from his solicitor has shown he has told two major lies which we can prove. How will this affect his case as the house is involved? Uh, the name of the listener withheld for confidentiality which is entirely understandable. Yeah, I suppose if like, like any case that's going into court, if you can show that somebody is not being truthful to the court, you're certainly going to undermine any arguments that they're trying to make and therefore strengthen any argument that you're making in relation to the case. So yes, um, if somebody is caught out not telling truths to the court and certainly it sounds that affidavits would have been filed in this in this scenario well then it certainly strengthens the argue, the any argument that your listener is going to be putting forward to the court to support their case Okay, yeah, if you can prove those you're in a strong position William, thank you very much uh, We'll okay. speak to you again soon That's William Carr there from Carr & Co Solicitors and if you ever have any uh, legal related queries or questions for either William, uh, Avril or Sharon do send them in to us on 086 1800 964